This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Sort of breaking break it down like good. All you have to do is say, this is Matt's brother Mike, it's my birthday, and you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Comcast with Joe and Matt. Get to it now. I'll call you later. I'm taking a nap. Welcome to episode 34 of THN, where we're talking comics for the week of Wednesday, September 14th. My name is Matt Baum, and when I'm not trying to figure out just what the hell my wife is talking about when she steals my comics to review them for her own blog, Girl Meets Nerd, I'm writing about and appraising comics for WorthPoint.com. And I'm Joe Patrick, artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online, and when I'm not doing everything in my power to try and throw off my co-host game by changing venues and recording times due to date night. I don't even wear a wedding ring when we do this podcast. <laughs> Alright? Think about that, buddy. I'm the manager of Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. This week, the Two-Headed Nerd continues its adventures deep into the bowels of the new DCU as we review the second wave we of number We get bowels deep. <laughs> that hit the shelves this week. Oh, that's right. Kids, it's time to continue our trolley ride through the new DCU with Matt and I manning the loudspeaker in our special month-long segment, A Whole New World. Part two, the Green Lanterning. Right about here is where the people Bryson will come back up and upset all our fans again. We got tweeted at. People were mad. Sorry, Kush. Like, that crap's going to be in my head all week. <laughs> it's not crap. It's a beautiful song. We're going to get right to it. We're going to, once again, we're going to start in alphabetical order. Joe, why don't you take us away <laughs> on our adventure into a whole new world with uh, Batman and Robin. Number one by Peter Tomasi and Patrick Leeson. <laughs> Batman and Robin number one. Uh, I really liked this book. I, I've been missing Tomasi and Gleason on the book since they went away. Their triumphant uh, run on the book was cut short at three issues uh, last year. And then we got a whole lot of filler. Uh, and I'm really glad to see these guys back. This was a really good book, and the new villain is kind of scary. And this is the book, I mean, honestly, this is the one to give to people who are saying, I don't like the relaunch, it's stupid, they changed everything. This is right back to business for Batman. Um, Nothing has changed. Well, maybe that's good and maybe that's bad because, you know, a new reader might not really be up on all the Batman Incorporated stuff. I suppose, that, that could be true. I mean, you don't need to know everything. In my day, you didn't know everything when you jumped on a comic. Now, so. I will say, it does seem a little silly to me where uh, Damien is talking to Bruce and he's like, you don't trust me. Dick trusted me and I'm better trained than Jason ever was and I'm smarter than Tim. So it's like, we've had three Robins in five years? Uh, Probably five Robins in five years. What does that mean, five? What? What are you talking Dick, about? Dick, Jason, Tim... Stephanie Damien. I don't, but he didn't even mention Stephanie. I don't think oh, that counts. Oh, she counts. How do you know? I'm pretty sure DC confirmed it. I think they confirmed that she'll be around. I think they confirmed that her time as Robin is still in continuity. Okay, well, that's ridiculous. So Robin is a one-year tenure? Well, they did say it's more appropriate to think of them as interns <laughs> rather than partners. I mean, all right. And, but and there the- is also the idea that Batman operated in the shadows for many years before right. the advent of superheroes. I suppose that's true. So maybe it wasn't just the last five years. We'll find out. But this was a very strong book. The art was gorgeous. The new bad guy was really cool looking. Is he or is he not wearing a bat symbol on his chest? No, he tore the bat symbol is that what he did? off of the Russian guy's okay, chest. Okay, I couldn't tell. Yes. I couldn't tell. 
first appearance and probably last appearance of Batman Moscow. <laughs> uh, buy it. Yeah, strong buy it. Really for liked Batman it. and Robin, yes. definitely. Next, we've got Batwoman number one by J.H. Williams III and W. Hayden Blackman. Blackman. <laughs> Matt, what did you think? This was stunning. Really, I did really, really like stunning, gorgeous. J.H. Williams is just amazing at what he does. And again, this is another book that you can plainly see nothing has changed. Certainly, they no, they totally they, acknowledge the last story. In fact, yeah, it directly continues from uh, the detective run, right? Greg Rucka, absolutely. And I mean, they even touched on stuff from 52 going all the way back. A little back. bit, yeah, yeah. Now, are we doing spoilers? No, let's not spoil it. Okay, there is a moment there. Uh, where they address the Renee Montoya issue. Yes, yes. And we're not going to explain what the moment is, but it left me a little puzzled as to her status. They don't mention the question, that's for certain. No, they don't. But uh, they do let us know that the Gotham PD is lousy with lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> that place is but, just crawling with lesbians. But we knew this. We knew this. <laughs> well, we knew there was one. I yeah. didn't know there was several. Oh, yeah, Captain <laughs> Sawyer, she's firmly established as a lesbian. Right, right, right. Uh, but this was a, a really good book, and if you had any doubts about the ability of J.H. Williams to tell a story script-wise as opposed to art-wise, well, this was also, a really good book. He's listed as a co-writer, which co-writer I think is a good thing. Co-writer with this thing, Hayden Blackman. Obviously, his art takes time. And yeah, yeah. God, it is gorgeous. But it's the really, framing, really beautiful. And I love the bad guy they introduced in this. This is a totally fun story. But one gripe, only one, small gripe. I understand Katie Kane is supposed to be pale. Is she supposed to be otherworldly? I think it's just for They've artistic made her so pale. She looks like a creepy albino. I, or I something. think it's just for artistic. And no offense effect. to our albino listeners. All right, there's nothing creepy about you. <laughs> this is beyond creepy. This is like lives in the park in the sewer and only comes out at night. Creepy, like an X Files. It was ridiculous how pale she is. I think it's just for artistic def- artistic effect. But strong buy it for this one. Yeah, and this is another one. Hits the ground running really, really well. You don't need... You really don't need a lot of prior knowledge. No, pick it up. They set it up. They set it up well. There is some prior stuff that happened. They touch on all of it. You understand why she's mad at her dad. What happened to her sister. Exactly. Strong buy it. Joe, tell us about Death Stroke, number one, by <laughs> Kyle Higgins and Joe Bennett. Uh, Death Stroke, number one. Uh, this... It was a book I wasn't really looking forward to. I was very curious about it because I didn't know how Kyle Higgins would do as a writer. And he is writing the new Nightwing series. So I really was interested in seeing how this book turned out. And I really liked it. It was good. Yeah. I'm not going to say it was great. I thought it was great. I thought it was good. I I just really liked the take. It's Deathstroke as an older man and the people that might be interested in his services are no longer convinced he can cut it. Why? Because he's old. Regardless, he's still flipping around and jumping on planes and stuff. I understand. So it's like, well, I don't know, he's getting older. You know, like in the NFL, when guys get older, they don't go, well, you can't play your position anymore, obviously. I mean, and when they're running down the field and winning games. Yeah, yeah, but it's not <laughs> like these, like when you hire a mercenary, you're not out in the field witnessing what he's doing. I get it, but has he screwed up? Is there something we should know? Is there a reason why they're doubting him? They didn't introduce that, I, and think, I thought that was kind of No, silly. I think they did. It's ju- I think it's just purely based on the fact that he's an old man. That's ridiculous. He's an old man. He's an old superhuman. I mean, come uh, on. Look, if you but if you have a choice between hiring this 60-year-old mercenary, superpowers or not, or like a young team of tech-savvy hotshots, who are you going to hire? I, I just wish they would have introduced something that he did that put some doubt into people. I well, didn't maybe. get that part of the story. They just kind of threw you right into it. I got a little turned off from the very beginning where it's just like, 
Deathstroke, he's a badass. He's the badass you call when you want to murder the hell out of people. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. You know, like, kind of. It was not that bad. Turn you me know off it. a little bit. I, I, uh, I'm not saying I hated the book. I'm just saying it wasn't fantastic for me. I'm going to read the next issue. I am interested to see where they go with it. I just wish they would have touched on something that he did that got people to question them. It would have made the character a little more interesting. And see, me. I didn't need that because the story was not about what he did. It was how he is proving them wrong and he immediately does that and they pair him up with this team of hotshots right and they're all ridiculous young and they have stupid code names totally and they talk in slang yeah but like deathstroke is the one that's right. acknowledging remains, how stupid they are and he remains constant and i don't have a problem with this character i just wish they would have given me a little something i already understand yeah, sure. this deathstroke they have a chance to make the character more interesting you know what it is i almost wish they would do something similar to like what rob williams is doing in Dokken right mm. now in the pages of Dokken, where they've made that character who really was a bad character to begin with. They made him one of the most interesting kind of anti-hero, questionable villains in the Marvel U. They have a chance to do this with Deathstroke. They're, this is just kind of more Deathstroke. No, me. see, th- to me, this is so much different than other takes on Deathstroke. The really creepy, a little too obsessed with children Deathstroke. Yeah, I, don't, I definitely don't need that yeah, anymore. Yeah, this is different from that. This is. is Deathstroke as the toughest guy on the planet. But it's still in And hate. I really liked it. I, I didn't hate it. I'm giving it a buy it. I'm giving it, I'll give it a buy it as well. well not, the art was good. We only have three ratings, Matt. I, well, stick okay. to your guns. <laughs> I'm just not giving it a, okay, I'm not going to give it a skim it because it wasn't terrible. I just, I a wanted more. skim it means more. average. I wanted more. You know what? Skim it. All right, then. There you go, you jerk. There. Happy. Sorry. There. Sorry, Death Stork. Principles. And now I shall introduce Demon Knights by Paul Cornell with art by Diogenes Neves. <laughs> sorry. Very sorry. I'm sorry. And you know what? I get so mad when I hear people just like totally butchering names on the radio. It's harder than it and sounds. here I am butchering it. Demon Knights, number one. Joe, and Eau Claire what, Albert. And Eau Claire Albert on Inks. What'd you think? I really liked this book. It was probably one of my most pleasant surprises because I was expecting nothing from it. And it just had a really fun story. It uh, did a really great job setting up the plot. And there was a lot here. Yeah, it's really dense. Not every character is fleshed out, but at least they kind of show them, even if it's only in shadow, like the mysterious woman on horseback. The horsewoman? Yes. Uh, but Which yeah. I think is her name, horsewoman. Well, it's something. Uh <laughs> And they're actually making a big deal of it because she is uh, paralyzed. And right, right. The only way she can get around is by riding a horse. Okay, who is Zeratos or whatever her name is? Zeratos. Or who? The, and she's an Amazon. She right? definitely, definitely implied she's an Amazon. And you've got Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage is there. Madame Xanadu. Yes. You've got Etrigan and yes. Jason Blood. Right. And the, the shining woman on knight. horseback. The Shining Knight from Grant Morrison's Who's Seven the, Soldiers. The girl? Yeah, that's that's continuity. Okay, I couldn't remember. That, in Seven Soldiers, it was a girl. I didn't remember. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was a girl pretending to be a boy. Yeah. And uh, I loved how Etrigan did not rhyme. Yeah, didn't rhyme at all. I, and I dig that because, man, I get so tired of the demon. I like the idea. I like the character. But I got so tired. Well, like, it's that writers can't really write in rhyming couplets very well. Oh, God, it was horrible. Okay, I will say this about Demon Knights. I, I read it initially, and I read it really fast and just went, wow, that was a lot. And I didn't really know what to make of it. I went back and read it again. I really enjoyed it. But I have to say, if I were a first-time reader and I picked this up, I don't know that I would have the slightest clue what was going on. Yeah, but there's no past you need to... They No, they, but I mean, I get it. There isn't any past you really need to worry about, but they just throw a lot at you really quick sure. without pretty much any plot development on these characters other than Etrigan. 
Mm, yeah. Other than that, I mean, it's just thrown at you. And I'm going to stick with it. I think there will be some here, but man, there was a lot here. Well, if you remember from Stormwatch last week, it looks as though Paul Cornell is setting up the Demon Knights book as being like the precursor to what Stormwatch right. ultimately becomes. Like they formed the Stormwatch, obviously not with Vandal Savage in tow. And there was a great Vandal Savage line where he's talking about Camelot. He's like, oh man, I wish I could have been there. He's like, now... I don't have a lot of ethics myself, but I do appreciate them in other people. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was really good. a fantastic one. But I, I thought this book was one of the best of the week. I give it a strong buy. I really enjoyed it. Well. Strong buy for me. That takes us to Frankenstein, Agent of Shade by Jeff Lemire and Alberto Ponticelli. Uh, this was a weird one. This was completely off the rails. Yeah. Like, they didn't. There's nothing there are DC here. A lot here. of big ideas in this book. Yeah, and little little tiny ones. Ray Palmer is here. Yeah, as weird, a science guy. Weird place to throw in the atom. Yeah. Um. They have a microscopic headquarters, which that's kind of cool. It's a microscopic city encased in a three-inch diameter ball. Yeah. That flies two thousand miles above the Earth. Yep, <laughs> there it is. I don't know why you need all of those levels of secrecy. They're all there. <laughs> um, I did not love the art here. I, I loved the art. Did you really? Uh, yeah, Al- Alberto Ponticelli was the artist of Unknown Soldier. Right, and I like uh, what he did there, and I think it worked there. What I'm saying here is they're introducing all these like really technological ideas, and this kind of screamed that for yes, like a I, Dave Johnson or something. I, I agree Somebody who that could really it's not really fitting tech. for like cold, yeah, sciencey stuff. It, it just, it, I don't dislike him as an artist. I, I dig him. It didn't work for me on that level where they're just. I, I needed a more technical artist. You this. make a good point. It, it is. It is certainly fitting for big monster action, right? But it does it does kind of fall down when trying to depict super science. Yeah, he's just not the guy. It, it's not. Yeah, and I like I love Ray Palmer and I love the Atom. This is a weird place to use him. And I well, hope, he's the government liaison to Shade, and he's there to make sure that they're not. I mad hope he's scientists. still the Atom, though. I hope he's still putting on a costume and he's still the Atom. I don't know that he. Well, is. he is responsible for their shrinking technology. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Other than that, I mean, they they set up the Frankenstein continuity pretty much as Grant Morrison spelled it out for us. I don't feel it's as strongly written as when Grant Morrison wrote it. I really like Grant Morrison's Frankenstein, the way he spoke. And everything he said was it was like this John yeah. Wayne from hell kind of character. Yes. And I didn't really get that from Lemire. He was kinda like, Oh, my wife, she's always giving me trouble. That you know? is not how I read it, but <laughs> I mean, it is it, He wasn't as macho. He was um, a little more down to earth. Well, and I don't I would, need that from Frankenstein. I would argue that Grant Morrison's Frankenstein wasn't macho either. He spoke in very like Mary Shelley-esque yeah. flowery language. But it worked. It was terrifying. Super tough, yeah. but like also very proper and um, like overblown. Almost like like Asgardian dialogue kind of from Marvel. That was that sort right. of... I was hoping for something a little more closer, maybe a, a mix between what Grant Morrison was doing him and like what was going on in Doc Frankenstein back in the day. You know, over at... Uh, what was the... Oh, man. Yeah. Remember Doc Frankenstein? <laughs> yeah, I do. The book was so good. Steve Scross yes. was doing it. Something in between there where we see that he's intelligent, he's been around for a long time, he's a total badass, and he's not afraid to get hurt because sure. he can stitch himself back together, basically. Yeah, I, I agree. didn't so much get that. This I'm I'm giving a skim it. Not because it was it wasn't bad, but it definitely wasn't great. There's room to improve and it could get a lot more interesting. Yeah, you know what? I will that's fair. I'll give it a skim it as well. I think I liked it a little bit more than you, but it was a little less than what I was hoping for, yeah. and I think there's room for improvement. 
you know who could have nailed the art on this one? The cover artist, J.G. Jones. That was a fantastic cover. It was a really I good cover. I would have loved to see him draw this book. Yeah. Next, we got Green Lantern number one by Jeff Johns and Doug Mankey. Tell us about this one, Joe Patrick. <laughs> uh, this picks up basically right at the after the end of War of the Green Lantern. This is another one to shove in the face of anyone who's yes. mad about the relaunch. You go, well, they changed all this. Not this, they didn't. This is, yeah, boom. It, it's hard for me to separate. Like, when I'm reading these, it's very hard for me to be objective and see, to turn off the part of my brain that knows all that stuff about DC. Right. And so I really don't know if, I don't remember if they do a good job kind of setting it up. They didn't. I'll say straight up, where this book falls down is the fact that it's not a total reboot. Like some of the other books, like Frankenstein, for example, which you could just pick up and read. You don't need to know anything. It doesn't even tie into Flashpoint. No. This book is a direct continuation. And if you went, you know what, I want to check out a Green Lantern comic book the first thing you see is that sinestro is a green lantern and you know that something happened to make that happen again and if you don't know who sinestro is you have no clue well then you know it was a white guy at one point and you got to be wondering why he's not green lantern and he's talking about why he's not green lantern i mean they really didn't set this one up very well at all this is direct Did they even continuation explain what the green lantern core was no they didn't even touch on it huh. they didn't even t- you just see you see sinestro taking the oath and he's like, all right, I took your stupid oath. Now take this ring off me. And they're like, uh-uh, you work for us now. And Hal Jordan's back at home. Can't pay his bills. You know, because he's not, apparently he was making good cash. <laughs> he was a Green Lantern. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand where the paychecks were coming from, but apparently they were coming in. I, they didn't really didn't set this one up at all. And I would say, as a new reader, this kind of fails. I liked it because I loved it. it's I've been reading Green Lantern for years and years right. and years and I love what they do here. If I'm a new reader coming into this, I don't know that I'm interested to come back. Yeah. I don't I mean, I think this one is kind of a failure for the new reader. Well, I think for the guys that are mad about the relaunch, you'll love it. You're going to feel totally at home. And one of the problems that I have with this reboot, I think is that if you're not going to reboot everything and start from number 1 issues, it seems kind of silly. Because now it's like what are we sorting through? We know Superman was around for Blackest Night and stuff, or was he? You know, was he the kid Superman? Was he the Superman that we know now? I mean... I think like, they've even gone so far as to say that, like, the death of Superman still occurred. Right, and we know that happened in the last five years, but it's... Man, it's there's some wonky timeline stuff it's that true. you're going to have to touch But on. that's, you know, that's all that's separate. That's here nor there. Uh, and as far as the new reader is concerned... If a new reader wants to have his own podcast, he can rate it. But <laughs> as for me, I really liked this issue. Of I liked it too. I'm just approach. If we're approaching this as a reboot to try and bring in new readers, I'm saying this is a bad way to do it. Well, then on that level, yes, it's not very new reader friendly. But as far as whether or not it's a good comic book, I have to say yes. Yeah, I'm going to say buy it. It's yeah. a great comic. I really liked it. It's beautifully drawn. All I'm saying is it falls down for new readers. Sure. I would say it's probably one of the better issues of Green Lantern that I've read in the last couple years uh, probably because nothing absolutely horrible happened to any character well it, because it's not in service of a five-year plan of right event after event after event it's just nice to have a story well as far as we know it's not yeah we'll so, i give this one a buy it matt we've known each other a long time yes we have i know how deep your love runs for the Wildstorm universe so deep it puts my butt to sleep Tell me how you feel about Grifter number one. I hated it. By Nathan Edmondson and Cafu. I hated it. I hated this. And I understand it's, and it's not because it's a reboot. 
there was not a lot of grifter character to begin with in the old wild story. He was just a guy <laughs> with guns and he may or may not have been trained by this super but the coda yeah by the coda which was all women and why they, they were amazons we don't really know it was poorly thought out it's that's not the point there's so many interesting things you could do with this character and i even like the idea that he is a con man he, he he's a grifter that's part of his name i get it and they're setting up the idea here it looks sort of like the daemonite type thing where you have the secret you know alien invasion it it is the daemonite that has already sure. taken place and nobody really knows about it and they're here amongst us and for some reason he can see them like rowdy rowdy piper and they live but the way that they execute it is so poor in setting up who this character is first of all we learn nothing about him we know he's a con man we know he has a brother that's in the military max who i also love and i'm so glad that he's here and we <laughs> For no, for no damn reason I can even pinpoint. I don't know why. Well, you gotta Max give Cash. him a supporting cast. And then there's this woman that he's also been hanging out with, and who I don't think is a character from Wildstorm Universe. I didn't recognize her. She was just someone else. But he starts to go nuts. the The aliens capture him, and they and they tie him to a table, and they do something to him, and all the something, all of a sudden, he can hear the aliens, and he runs away, and he finds a hat. <laughs> Outside of like some store that I didn't really that he puts on that makes him look like Logan, you know, in the 1800s because he's got these and then he gets on a plane out of nowhere and hears someone talking and murders them and then gets demands they open the door to the plane in mid flight so he can leap out into the ocean. He's just a guy. He's a normal human yeah, being. Yeah, but they do say, like, they just took off, so they're not that far off the ground. Regardless, that is dumb, first and foremost. That's just stupid. And then he ends up in a cemetery freaking out with a red rag. And, oh, guess what? He ties it on his face, and it's the grifter mask, and he's like, come get me, aliens. There is nothing here. There's yeah. nothing here. If you want to build to a bigger story where you're introducing the aliens and the invasion, that's fine. Make me care about the character first because you didn't give me crap for this guy. And this is a character that I love, again, for no good damn reason other than he looked neat when Jim Lee drew him. But come on, give me something. There was nothing here. (laughs) All right, what's your rating? F, leave it, crap. I think I liked it. Obviously, I liked it more than you did. Um, I didn't think it was great and there was a lot I wish was different. I thought the thing at the end with the mask, yes, was stupid. Just dumb. He happens to just have a rag that just happens to be the grifter mask. And, and he, it just so happens to look awesome when he ties it to his face. Let's say for a moment he doesn't. Let's say for a moment he's had that and he is a badass and he runs around with guns. You did not show, show you. us anything no, no. To, to give us that. And that that was my biggest complaint is that I'm supposed to... Uh, and again, it's hard to separate what I know about grifter from the past, but... This was a completely different character, almost. It was total rebirth. There was no impression that he's trained in anything other no. than being a con man. No. It's like expecting Sawyer from Lost to be able to do backflips and, and be an expert marksman. Leap out of planes. Right. I mean, and not to mention the fact that Nathan Edmondson, who wrote this, is a guy that wrote Who is Jake Ellis for Image Comics. And I loved that book. Sure. And I was so excited to hear that he was doing something, doing this grifter story, thinking that we we're going to get some intrigue. We we're going to get some interesting character stuff. Nothing like that. This was hollow. It was fast. I, it was bad. I definitely needed more. I'm giving it a skim it just because I'm a fan of the idea, the the notion that Grifter can is the only one that can see the monsters, and people think he's crazy and a they murderer. Live. They <laughs> live. Sure, sure. I do wish, like, when they show him seeing them, 
I wish they showed the monster. Right. Really, all you see is the same person, but with glowy eyes. Yeah. And I needed to be more over the top. I needed to see. I needed what him, what he sees, to be like a giant monster. Right. And there's a twi- like, and not to mention that he never like takes a second to go. Wait a minute. What's going on? What's wrong with me? He's just like, I gotta murder that person, and like kills a woman, just slaughters her. In front of everybody on the plane. And then he's like, I'm a terrorist. I'm going to blow up the plane unless you open the door so I can jump out. Dumb. I'm, I'm giving in this skimmit. I, I want to see where it goes. I like Cafu's art a, a whole lot. I like the art, too. And I, I, it needs to be way, way better. I'm not saying I'm giving it more than one more issue. But at least for now, give it a look-see. Next up, we've got Legion Lost by Fabian Nicesia and Pete Woods. Joe, you're the biggest Legion nerd I know. It's true. I said it. I said it before. I'm gonna say it again. It's really hard for me to judge this based on, without basing it on how I feel about the Legion or it's what reboot, I know about buddy. the Legion. Coming into it fresh. I don't how think do it feel? is for the Legion. I don't think it is either. I, they reference Flashpoint. Yeah, they like the Flashpoint barrier. The Flashpoint barrier. Okay, I'm saying one of the main problems that I had, and I liked this book. I thought it looked fantastic. Pete Woods, love Pete Woods. That guy can do no wrong. Really great art. I will say one of the things that I needed were those little boxes that labeled the characters yeah, yeah. when they popped up that have been in every series. If, if any series needed it, it was this oh one. Oh, my God. We're it, like, Timberwolf, he does this. Tyrock, he does this. He's from here. You know, yeah. like, just give me something. I've only now just trained myself to ignore those boxes because I know all that information. See, I don't. And that they're, they were totally missing, and I it was jarring. I really needed it. Like, they it. did not hammer over the head who these characters were, and if any book needed it, it was this one. Yeah, but still, fun. And I think they may remember the old DCU. They might. They might. Well, the thing about the Legion future is that historical records have always been spotty. Right. So now Except is Paul like Levitz's Legion, are they going to be total reboot? Are they, when, no, no. It's when the same do... Legion. It's just this is a small handful of them. So if they bump into them, they'll know who these guys are. They're yeah, not yeah. going to be like, who the hell are you? Right. This is a, a contingent of the larger group Legion of Superheroes. Right. I mean, I got which that. Which comes out next week. Do we know... That they're connected directly. Yes, to. they are definitely okay. directly right. connected. I'm giving it a buy. It. I like this book. Uh, and I'm, I'm a guy. Okay, a... time out. I'm going to say I'm a guy who does not like the Legion sure. and doesn't like Legion stories. Well, I'm reading the next one. Fair enough. One. I mean, I was a little critical of it because it came, it started like in the middle of the story and there was no setup. It started in the middle of the action, and I felt that it could be jarring to somebody. But if you, a non-Legion reader... I think that's what, I think it was almost refreshing that it started like that for all me. Right. You know? Well, I obviously loved it because I love the Legion more than almost anything except for my fiancé. Oh, I'm giving it a buy it. You love boys more than anything except for your fiancé. <laughs> all right, Matt, tell me about Mr. Terrific Number 1 by Eric Wallace and... Uh, oh, boy. What? Here we go. Gianlucia... Gugliota. <laughs> Good job, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, all of Italy. Um, I got a text from my boy Joe Patrick earlier this week, and all it said was... That's me. I hated Mr. Terrific. It was awful. <laughs> Spoilers, please. And I hadn't read it yet, and so I sat down like, oh boy, this is going to be a stinker. You know what? I didn't hate it. I hate it. I didn't hate it. I hated it. I thought the art was pretty good. I hated the art. I did not hate the art. I I didn't think it was a full... I mean, like, obviously, they've changed the character quite a bit. They're kind of going for... It sort of looks like they're trying to set him up as DC's Tony Stark, sort of. Yes. Tony Stark meets Reed Richards, if you will. Yes. And I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of an interesting premise. If he's not going to be part of the G- the JSA, this is a pretty cool way to go with him. I like the origin story that they gave behind us. They explained the character, and then they kind of set him on to the story. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about the origin story for just a minute. Okay. Uh, slight spoilers here, people. The original 
original. The previous version of Mr. Terrific from the JSA, the Jeff Johns JSA, right. was a man who was happily married. He was an Olympian and a genius and right. et cetera, et cetera. All that stuff we know. His wife was in a terrible car crash and died. All that happens here. And that is what made him... Uh, that is what drove him to become Mr. Terrific. Right. He In this story, his wife's death is not what drives him to become Mr. Terrific. It's only... It's not until he receives a visit from his son from the future that he decides to become a superhero. That's way too much. Why would you need to tack that on to an origin that's already perfectly I didn't fine? I see. I didn't think it was that bad, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Oh, I hated it that they fleshed it out a little more, and it went from he was like, "So I went straight to the only thing I could count on, science." But the <laughs> science wasn't even enough because my wife was gone, and I was so upset. Until I'm given this no. ray of hope, there is a future. There's my uh, it son. Was the worst, like with his family from the son. Like now, are you punishing the book because of the old character? Because I'm saying you can't do that. No, I'm saying that as a reader reading this, I'm reading it as though this is the first time I'm reading this character, and it got to the part where what inspires him to become a hero is a visit from the future. What's so bad about that? No, it was so out of place. See, in this I didn't. Book. I didn't feel it was, and I actually kind of liked it. I, I'm gonna, I really hated it. I'm going to read the next issue. I thought it was... I'm going to read it because I hate myself. And Power Girl is here, too. Karen Starr is here. Karen Starr. Which Power is Girl. weird. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird choice to put her in this book. I don't well, know. I mean, she is also a science person. Right. And she owns a big company. She's a contemporary in that respect. And I thought it made sense. But there's no mention of Power Girl. No. There's no indication that she has powers of any kind. No. And That's not to say there won't be, but for now... If they don't at least don't address it somehow, one way or the other, it will be an enormous distraction They're going to gonna have to... Yeah, there's no way they're going to have to address that one. If they just I'm, treat it like she's a character that just happens to be around, I, I, I don't think I'll be satisfied with it. I'm that. saying this is an interesting interpretation of Mr. Terrific, and I'm willing to give it a read. I'm giving it a buy it. I hated the art so much. The original artist was supposed to be Roger Robinson, an artist I know that I really enjoy, and it should have been him. It was inconsistent. I give it a leave it. Joey, tell us about Red Lanterns by Peter Milligan and Ed Benes. This is another book that spins directly out of previous continuity. It uh, picks up after War of the Red Lanterns. Uh, War of the Green Lanterns. New readers are probably going to have trouble with this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, it has a lot to do with Atrocitus. His reason for being has been taken from him, and he's looking for a new purpose. Yeah, like why do they continue? Is it just to bite people, <laughs> tear yeah. them in half? Or? So I, I think the book did a good job kind of setting up a new uh, a new purpose for the characters they're going to be like doling out vengeance instead of just mindless raging i thought milligan did a really good job of that actually like giving them giving a character that really isn't that interesting other than being a side character if they're going to support a book they got to do something with them and yeah. they can't continue to be who they were because well, there's just nothing there yeah atrocitus is the only red lantern that can actually carry on a conversation apparently and so i was really unsure how a book devoted to an entire group of mindless basically blood zombies was gonna carry out but this direction where it looks like they were you know there'll be like interstellar punishers basically yeah but that's pretty interesting and there's a nice little cliffhanger where like maybe the rest of them aren't on board we'll have to see yeah uh the art was very good yeah i'm not a big fan of Benny's. mostly but this looked good there were a couple panels were a little weird uh, i'm saying this is some of his best stuff. there's though. a sequence where he is drawing dexter in action and it is like it was silly. I don't really know how a cat looks, so I'm going to draw a furry baby. Yeah, it got kind of weird. <laughs> but other than that, the art is very good. 
And yeah, I'm giving this one a buy it. I'm, I am too. I'm invested in the Green Lantern universe, and I enjoy this issue. I'm giving it a buy it as well. Uh, it could get tedious pretty quick, but so far, so good. Yep, I like where it's going. Matt, how do you feel about Resurrection Man number one by Dan Abnett, Andy Landing, and Fernando Dagnino? I was excited for this one because I love Abnett and Landing. I'm, I don't feel the strong connection to the Resurrection Man character that you feel. I loved the old Resurrection Man series. I think he's 90s. a cool idea, and I thought this was well executed. I thought the art was good, but I didn't think it was stellar. I thought there were some panels that were gorgeous. And others got a little shaky. Well, um, I will say that I am not a huge fan of Fernando Dagnino, and this is some of his best work. Yeah, he's nailing it. He's doing, like, the best that he can. I just didn't love all of it. I will say the story is very interesting. They There's this thing that they do, and again, we find ourselves on a plane for some reason. <laughs> there's this thing that they do on the plane where all of a sudden Resurrection Man makes a reference to the woman sitting next to him that just sort of stuck out from every other line of dialogue we got. And it's just where he turns and he looks at her and he's like, this chick's kind of hot, sort of in a gaga kind of way. And it was like this, I didn't like that either. this pop reference that they kind of stuck in there. And I always just kind of cringe whenever a comic book does that because it instantly dates whatever they're talking about at the time. And two, nothing else this character said referenced any kind of pop references at all. Well, it didn't. It doesn't really seem fitting with the character. But no. that one line, you know, I'll, I'll It didn't it ruin the book for me or anything, but it did stick out. And I, I didn't care for it. Well, let, let me real quick explain the premise Uh Resurrection Man is about a character named Mitch Shelley. For as yet unknown reasons, he dies and returns with a different superpower every time. Every time he comes back, he has different powers. And this and one we see him with electric powers and then this sort of like water like powers. Water powers, yeah. And like in the past series, he was amnesiac and he was trying to fill in the gaps in his memory, trying to find out where he came from. And that looks like they're continuing with that. Well, I didn't get a hint of him being amnesiac, but... I'm not real. I wasn't real certain what his mission was at the moment, but I, I did like the idea that because of his constant deaths and resurrections, his soul is like polished like a diamond. Yeah, it's like honed. Like heaven wants and us heaven really and bad. hell want him really because bad. like he's like a commodity, and I'm really interested in that. I give this book a strong buy. It. I'm a huge. I was a huge fan going in. And even if this is a complete reboot on the character, I thought they did a really good job. I'm giving it a bite as well, and it has a good vertigo feel that I think is going to carry well into the DCU. Definitely. It, this is another one that could get real tedious really fast, though. And I mean, we'll have to see. So far, so good. Buy it. Next up, we've got Suicide Squad by Adam Glass and Frederico Delocchio. Delocchio. Good work. Frederico Pinocchio. <laughs> what did you think, Joe? Sorry, Italy. Um, I didn't love it. I didn't love it either. I, I get what they're doing. They're bad people. Yeah. And they are enlisted to do bad things they're on the behalf suicide of the squad. government. I mean, with that much is pretty much carried uh, through. I'm not going to spoil what's going on. But the beginning part, something they're going through something. And the, there's a revelation as to why they're going through it. See, that's not the part that bothered me. I thought it was really ridiculous. I didn't hate that because, like, there's there's been uh, – without – Without spoilers, of course, there is training that takes place like this in the military where they actually do stuff like this to people. And like, but without the people knowing it, yes, absolutely, it happens. We just spoiled it then. Well, no, I we mean, basically they, just told them what happened. They, they don't know, but they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they actually do poop in people's mouths, <laughs> which I don't understand why, but apparently it makes you a better soldier. All right, well, regardless, I, I didn't hate it. The thing that bothered me, I guess, happened in the 
in the very end where and again i don't want to spoil well first of all adam wall like amanda waller is super super sexy, sexy the thin wall? and young amanda yeah, waller jeez i i i need the big like you know oprah of a sassy woman. yeah big and fat like oprah <laughs> I, I, I really dislike that. And I understand. In your face, Oprah. <laughs> I understand it's a reboot. I get it. Yeah, but I don't. I haven't get but that. But Amanda Waller was a compelling character. Yeah. And part of the reason she was compelling is that she stood out among the tough guys because she was an older, squat, and she didn't, short, she didn't African American like woman that other, didn't take any crap. Yeah, and she didn't look like all the bikini models we yeah. get in every comic. And, and now they kind of reduced her to out. that. Yeah, she stood out amongst like the, the colonels and. and Mucky de mucks because she's this just like this tough old grandma or whatever. Regardless, everyone else is pretty much who they were. Dead shots here acting like dead shot. Harley Quinn is redesigned, but still totally Harley Quinn. Yeah. No, maybe a little bit more homicidal. They didn't really explain why anyone is there, but they don't really have to. They're bad guys. They got arrested. Mm-hmm. They and while they were in prison, they got this offer. They took it. Suicide Squad. Go. This uh, is a book that I think could be a lot of fun. I just wasn't wowed by the first issue. I just yeah, I didn't love it. Uh, I'm giving it a skim it. I, I certainly didn't hate it. But it didn't hook me enough to give it a strong recommendation. I'm giving it a skim as well. Part of me wishes Gail Simone was writing this book. If we can't get Certainly. Secret Six, I'd like to see her writing this I book. I will say Adam Glass uh, it was the writer of the Legion of Doom Flashpoint tie-in, which was just like so relentlessly mean for no reason. Yeah, dumb. Um, and so I'm very worried about kind of the tone of this book. Not, not that a, a dark book can't exist. It's just... I just don't know if I need yeah, it. Yeah, mean mugging for the sake of mean mugging. You yeah. know, it just kind of... We're there, killers. There needs we're to be a just story killing for it. no reason. There needs to be a story behind it. And maybe they're developing that, but the last page didn't help me at all. Yeah, I Certainly. gotta wonder what the motivation is yeah, there, we'll but see. we'll see. Yep, skim it's for both. Last up is Superboy number one by Scott Lobdell and R.B. Silva. Now, this one I was very curious about. This is the first of three books by 90s veteran Scott Lobdell. Yeah. And I have to say, I really liked it. You know what? I didn't realize how much I missed the way Scott Lobdell writes comics. This was great. I won't. I won't even say that like it took me back. I just. I'm not gonna say it took me back. I'm just saying I forgot how good this guy was. Yeah, and I was expecting '90s cheese. I was too. And I didn't really get it. There was a little bit of it. Like, there was a little bit of cheese, but the, it, but it was well executed. The cheese. main bad guy's name is. Zanial Templar or something. <laughs> and it was like, oh, well, let's start with the fact barf. this is a complete reboot. This is, Ooh, I mean, I've as, heard conflicting reports. Well, I mean, this is there. First of all, Superboy is floating in a jar. I get it. But hooked like, up to wires. What I've heard is that it might be that it's the Superboy we know, but that he was captured and now he's being experimented on. Maybe, but they do reference some things. First of all, Caitlin Fairchild from Gen 13. Totally. And they don't, totally her. They don't go so far no. as to. S- but there's a great part they where they do like, everything but something flat goes out wrong in the laboratory and the scientist is like running up and beating on the door. He's like, he's like, Oh my god, we're gonna die. Before I die, I should tell you that the human DNA came from pop. And he's yeah. like and he's like, Dr. Kate, wait. You know, and it's like, Well oh, the, it's com- totally her. the computer said it was like filling in her name. Right. Access granted, Dr. C A I T dot dot dot. Yeah. It didn't finish. But it's definitely They're Caitlin definitely Fairchild. setting up that this is Lex Luthor and Superman. I mean, it's got to be Lex Luthor and Superman DNA they cross. Well, I they have say to wonder. He's human and Kryptonian cross, but they say that they grew him in the tube. Uh, yeah, that could be. And and they also refer to him as a weapon of mass destruction, which I loved. Sure, that's this character is. I mean, I like Connor Kent. Don't get me wrong. This is way more interesting than Connor Kent has been in a long damn time. I have to wonder though if it's just going to be Lex Luthor, which is what we already had. 
why bother not revealing it? I suppose it's true, but unless it, that's on behalf of the new reader. And that's the thing. They may be trying to pull in the new readers here. And that's fine. I don't mind. This is a really interesting take on Superboy. Great art. The final page explains exactly what they're doing with Superboy. And yeah. I love it. I do too. The art was gorgeous. Uh, R.B. Silva drew the Jimmy Olsen thing that we raved about. And he nails this. Yeah, and it's they really throw good. in uh, Deathstroke's daughter. <laughs> Rose, Rose Wilson. Rose Wilson is working for that shady genetics company. Nowhere. Nowhere. K period N period O period. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, it's, I, yeah. I gotta see what and that stands for. She's not there as a doctor or a scientist. She's no. only there in case yes. Superboy freaks out. This is strong by it. I'm, yeah. ex- I'm excited for I this am one. very pleasantly surprised. I, I give this a bite as and well. You know what? This gives me a little hope for the Teen Titans. Uh, maybe. It could be okay. Maybe. We'll see. Joe, final thoughts on week two. How do you think we're doing here? Uh, I think overall, thumbs up. I think week two, for me, stronger than week one. Week one had more of the books that I thumbs up way loved. Right. Um, but this one had more pleasant surprises. I agree. I, I was expecting a train wreck with Superboy. I didn't get it. Yeah. Though this week also had the few instances of me being mad enough to give it a leave it. Which I just don't understand. It's fine. It's fine. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so overall, overall, I think DC, like no one expects us to like every single one. Yeah, I kind of like everything but Grifter. And that's the other thing we need to keep in mind. I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but none of us were reading every DC comic and book that came out And a skim does before. not mean it's bad. It just means it's not for us and you should take a look at it yeah, and judge it for yourself. Well, what it means is I'm not going to buy the next one. Sure. That's all. But yeah, I think I think overall we're doing good and I'm very hopeful for week three. Yeah, I'm still excited. Scott Snyder's Batman. Can't wait to see what happens next oh, week. Oh, man. Sort of, sort of break, it, break it down like this. That is it for week two of A Whole New World, our exploration into the brand new DCU. <laughs> if you're still not convinced that DJ and I are as crooked as Chicago cops and firmly on the DC take, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Your star ratings and reviews are the only thing that keeps those slime bags and eternal fares off our back. <laughs> Of course, the grease money we've been receiving from DC is great, but your contributions in any amount would be even more appreciated. All you have to do is click our donate button at TwoHeadedNerd.com, and even if it's only a dollar, anything you can give goes right back into making this show better. As always, you can find all things Two-Headed and Nerdy at TwoHeadedNerd.com, where you can find our Twitter handles, a link to our blog, links to Ask a Nerd, where you can ask us any of your comic-related questions, or try and stump me... I'm not reading yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, A resident comics of on. Dainty Jopa. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Or you can contact <laughs> the comic pushers to ask what you should be reading. And don't forget to send us your submissions for the THN mascot contest. The winner will be voted on by you guys. And the new mascot will be featured on the new and improved TwoHeadedNerd.com. I'm only assuming that's what it says because yes. the iPad is freaking out. <laughs> Oh man, I got it exactly right. Coming soon to internets everywhere. If that's not enough, head over to our Facebook page where you can become a fan of THN and answer the question of the week. It's eerily similar to last week. This week's query, we want to know, week two, what do you got? Best Best and worst. worst, Lay it on us. And reasons this time, guys. Reasons. Yeah, clarify. Let's let's talk about it. Before we go, our weekly shout out goes to our buddy Bruce, who's going through some tough times right now. Word to you, Bruce, and know that both of us here at THN are pulling for you, buddy. Until next time, true believers. This is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. Don't buy Mr. Terrific. Oh, we restarted for that. (laughs) Come on.